welcome to Answers News for May 19th, wow. uh, 2021. So we're, we're getting around to the nice warm part of the, the year here in uh, Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati area. Perfect. And uh, I've got uh, Dr. Gabriella Haynes here with us. We've got Tim Chafee and uh, myself, Bodie Hodge. And it's just great to be here with you, uh, being your host on Answers News today. So we've got a whole line of uh, all sorts of things we're going to talk about. But first, uh, we want to tell you a little bit about Answers Bible Curriculum, the homeschool version. And uh, this is, you can actually find out a lot more about this on our website. And uh, it's, uh, it, I don't know if you guys are familiar with our ABC uh, curriculum that's been utilized for Sunday school. It's a, a number of year program, you know, for all these different levels. They've now converted it into a homeschool curriculum, which right, is pretty exciting. through the entire Bible. Yep, it's and chronological. When it was done in Sunday school, it was at each level was learning about the same yep. thing all the way through. And yeah, they yep. get you through all of scripture. So you're learning a lot about it. And now we've converted right. it to be for homeschool as well. So. Right, so that's pretty exciting. You can find out more about that uh, on our website, answersingenesis.org. Or you can go directly to it at answersbiblecurriculum.com and find out more about the different variations and so forth. We also have Explore Camps uh, here at the Creation Museum. We got a number of different camps uh, all throughout the summer. Some are three-day, some are five-day camps, and these are filling up quickly. So if uh, you know somebody that's uh, wanting to do a camp, have some fun, have a great time with it, uh, this is something to uh, look into. So. And it's where they're going to be investigating things with some of our scientific Correct. scientists or people who are science-minded and That's experts right. in those areas. I know there's forensics yeah. and uh, geology. There's all sorts of different mm -hmm. uh, ones. Paleontology, are yeah. yeah. Paleontology, who does that? <laughs> there we go. So you got to sign up for that one. Yeah, these are pretty good. You know, uh, my kids have been involved in, in some of these in the past, and they've really enjoyed it. So really is a great thing. It's four camps. But like I said, they're filling up quick. So uh, uh, hop on and uh, find out more about that. <clears throat> you can go to creationmuseum.org slash camp if you want to find that. But uh, I'm ready to jump into some articles. You guys ready to jump in? We, we should do a fluff at first. All mm -hmm. right. Speaking of jumping in. Yeah, that's right. That's, it really <laughs> is. This one comes from Live Science. Uh, cats love boxes so much they'll even sit in fake ones. How many people here have cats in our audience anyway? Yeah, well, I don't have any more, but back when I lived with my mom, we had seven cats. Oh, yeah? Yeah. You just set the box out there? Oh, my goodness. When I was, go <laughs> when I was going to travel and put like, my suitcase, they would always be there. They love, they actually really, really. Yeah, well, they did some experiments here with people uh, with their cats. And uh, I don't know if you can see on the image up here, it almost looks like four Pac-Man to kind of make this idea that there's a box right there. And uh, a number of cats would actually go in there and sit in those, mm -hmm. uh, just about the same number that would actually go sit in an actual physical box. So even an image of a box, a fake one, they would go look. We might have to explain to the younger people who Pac-Man was. <laughs> when Bobby and I were growing up, Pac-Man was the coolest video game of all time. Yeah. <laughs> we're at that age. Yeah, when... and then there was Miss Pac-Man or Ms. Pac-Man yep. and... Yeah, all that. But yeah, some of these cats would actually go in there and like, oh, there's a box. Let's go get in this box. And what I thought was neat is they've been able to uh, put boxes out and even big cats. Right, tigers. Like and bobcats and tigers and uh, lynx, all sorts of different things would actually go hop in these boxes. Which, so. I mean, that is consistent with what we've taught, that big mm -hmm. cats and smaller cats are of the same kind. They're all part of the, the same, same kind. Right? kind. So we're going to have a similar behavior in yep. those instances. But it is funny seeing a, but, a uh, lion or a tiger jump in a little box. I mean, who decided to do an experiment like this? I mean, we're, right. they were definitely thinking outside the box. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you have to do it, oh, right? You I just to. had to. <laughs> but, you know, because, no, a good one. <laughs> because we give biblical commentary on a lot of this news, I, I always wondered, you know, uh, now that I read this article, the first thing that popped into my head was Daniel. 
What the Lord do? Throw a bunch of boxes in there, the lions jump in it, then he closes her no, mouth or something? Yeah, that's that easy. Was easy. Easy for Daniel, right? Yep. Daniel's like, oh, they're in their box. We're all right. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, that's kind of a neat, neat, neat little set of research. Now, they only did it with so many cats, but uh, I mm -hmm. think they're excited to expand the research yes. and uh, see what they can find mm -hmm. out. But. Yeah, and they wouldn't choose the ones that weren't turned inward. Right. So, yeah, yeah they, they, it, it, to them, it didn't see it, but uh, well, that was kind of neat. And you can see this cat on the video here as it goes forward. Well, yeah, here's, here's a box. That's where I want to be. Okay, then. <laughs> I, maybe I shouldn't say, but I like when they throw the cucumber by the cat. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's, that's cruel, but I, it is funny to watch. <laughs> yep. All right, next article here. Darwin's theory of evolution justifies white male supremacy, claims Woke University. This is from Breitbart. And this is actually a university over in England, the University of Sheffield. Um, if you guys know where that's at, it's kind of in the Midlands. Uh, think uh, being north a little bit of Birmingham, not too far from Manchester, Nottingham, where Robin Hood was, right? Um, so it's right up in that particular area. But that's actually Darwin's backyard. So this is kind of, an, kind of interesting that they're actually starting to challenge Darwin and some of his beliefs based on uh, the things that he had taught. They should so. have done that a long time ago. Uh -huh. Right. A long time ago. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, in our country, what we're seeing a lot of times is that if, like in the University of California system, if you say that we're all one blood, that we're all one race, that's called racism. Yeah. <laughs> they tell us racism say everybody is I know, same. isn't that terrible? Yeah. I'm all for the human race. Well, you're racist. Right. Well, I'm all for the human race. But then you get people who are actually racist, and they won't condemn them because they happen to be their, their right. heroes. Now, somebody's actually targeted Charles Darwin, and when you see some of his statements when he wrote about the, in, in the Descent of Man, yes, I, That's think, there, I think there yeah. is a word we use to describe people like that. Yeah, it's racist. racist. That's um, really what so it is. If you want to, I think you've got a comment there. Or a quote <laughs> sure, from I actually got quite a bit. But uh, Charles Darwin himself was very much a racist, if you read his, uh, not, not just his books. Everything, um, yeah. But yeah, his life and letters mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, and that was very common in those days. People wanted to elevate certain Europeans to a certain position. That was called scientific racism. They and, tried to justify it from and a scientific Unfortunately, some people tried to justify, use the Bible to justify it. They would pull mm -hmm. passages out mm -hmm. of context. They would make up things like the so-called curse of Ham. Well, Ham was never cursed. It was right. Canaan was cursed, and it has nothing to do with the color of the skin or anything like that. Right. But people would misuse the Bible. Mm -hmm. uh, but the Bible teaches we're all one blood. Right. We all go back to Noah and his family and further back, back mm -hmm. to Adam and Eve that, that we're all made in the image of God and that Christ died on the cross for all of us. So there's no basis for racism from a biblical point of view, but people would still misuse it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Um, you know, one of the things that the article says here, you know, the, the school in one sense, there, there are people wanting, wanting to defend Darwin at the same time. And one of the things that they were pointing out was, well, Darwin, um, you know, he was a staunch abolitionist. He was opposed to slavery. You know, look how good he was. You know, and he just viewed other, other races as brothers and sisters and things like that. People are trying to justify, but if you actually know what Darwin said, he wasn't saying things like that at all. Uh, here's a quote from his book, The Descent of Man. This is the one that came out in 1871, where the whole book is pretty much on what, uh, human evolution. Origin of Species was looking at a lot of animal evolution. And then uh, here's his uh, second book. He says, at some future period, not very distant as measured by centuries, the civilized races of man will almost certainly exterminate and replace the savage races throughout the world. At the same time, the anthropomorphic apes will no doubt be exterminated. The break between man and his nearest allies will then be wider. For we'll intervene between man and a more civilized state, as we may hope, even than the Caucasian, and some ape as low as a baboon, instead of now between the Negro or Australian Aborigine and the gorilla. 
Now, I don't like this type of terminology, and you know, a lot of people don't either, but this is what a lot of early evolutionists used. Now, I, I want people to understand what he's saying here. Sometimes you read the quote and you're like, okay, he's saying to exterminate some people. What, what, what's going on here? Well, here, here is who he's all mentioned in this uh, particular quote. You got a baboon down there on the lower left, you got a chimpanzee, you have a gorilla, then you have an Australian Aborigine, you have a, a little boy there smiling really big from Africa, and then you have you know, a child that would probably be classed as Caucasian by a lot of these viewpoints. Here's what he's saying. He's saying the break right now between man and his nearest allies is right up there between the gorilla and the Australian it's not, Aborigine. It's not very wide. But no, he says close. it's very close. Yeah. It's, it's very mm -hmm. close. And so what he's saying is what, what we need to do to get a bigger break here is to exterminate all these others. Can you see why he opposed slavery? He's like, no, you shouldn't enslave people. You should exterminate them. You see? But I want people to understand, even though these are the ones that are mentioned in the quote, all these people from all around the world should also be exterminated to get that bigger break, according to Darwin. So he wanted to have this gigantic break all the way from a baboon up to a Caucasian. And the sad part is people like Adolf Hitler said, well, out of the Caucasian, maybe the blonde hair, blue-eyed Aryan style is even more spirit. And you can wipe out the other Caucasians as well. I mean, this is absolutely horrible. These are the things that Darwin was teaching. This is the kind of stuff that's being taught in what we call biological racism or this evolutionary concept uh, that's been passed down through textbooks and now generations of people have been taught it. Right. And it, it's not as if we're saying that every evolutionist is a racist. Correct. That, Correct. That's not at all what we're saying. A lot the, of people the, disagree. The philosophy... Though is inherently racist. Mm -hmm. Some are closer to the apes than Correct. others. Some have not evolved as much as others. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at the little thing, it, the chimp get, it's getting taller and taller and taller. Right, so the tall right. people would be what? The most evolved? More, more evolved. <laughs> the kidding. ones with less hair. <laughs> the hair. That's, right. That's right. We're losing our hair. And yes. You're getting there too. No, I'm getting there. It's starting. <laughs> but, you know, what we need to do is step back and look. Uh, you know, humans are humans. There's one race, a human, human right. race. Uh, you know, in the past, it was called Adam's race. And there's a reason for that, because we'll all go back to Adam and Eve. And, and uh, animals are animals. Keep them separated. Right. And there's, there's a very clever quote in this article as well, because sometimes you'll see people spin things a certain way where what they say is, is technically true, but, the, but they're trying to guard you from the actual truth. And here's, here's what it says. What set his racism, Darwin's racism, apart and makes him more like us today was his profound, profound conviction that all the human races are family, sisters and brothers. <laughs> the quote that, we just, that Bodhi just read, does that sound like he thinks we're all brothers and sisters? Mm -hmm. Well, yes, if you also take into account every living thing he also thought was all related. Mosquitoes then, are your brothers all and bro sisters. So you can spin it in such a way to right. say, yeah, that is what he believed. Yeah, he also said you should wipe out a whole bunch of them right. if they're not just like him. Which is really sad. You know, and uh, you know, I'm not saying that you know, racism, things like that, uh, started with the evolutionists, you know, those early evolutionists like Charles Darwin, Ernst Haeckel, you know, a lot of people yeah. like that. But uh, what it did is it added fuel to the fire. It was like adding gasoline to a fire, really, is what it was. Right, and this is what Stephen Jay Gould says. You know, he's yeah, he just says a famous like evolutionist that. says that, the, that racism in, increased by orders of magnitude following the acceptance of evolutionary theory. We need, we need to, to keep in mind that ideas have consequences. You have mm -hmm. implications. And it's just not an idea. It was not just a quote. Um, there's mm -hmm. a problem with the quote, and there are people applying it and yeah. using So. You know, there was a brand new news item that came out. Uh, I just saw it this morning, actually. It was on Darwin's Arch down on the Galapagos. You know, it's one of the places that he visited and, and studied some animals down there. And there's a stone arch kind of sitting at the, it, it kind of sitting in the sea a little bit. And uh, they called it Darwin's Arch, and it fell down uh, yesterday. yesterday. Yep. And so now it's like two little towers. It's Darwin's pillars now. Yeah, it's Darwin's pillars. <laughs> 
But it, it's, it's almost like a metaphor, isn't it? You know, people have elevated Darwin and his ideas right. to such a point. It's just now. They're just now starting to say, hold it. Should we be trusting there's, Darwin blindly yeah, on these kinds of things? Yeah, there's something wrong with Darwin's um, ideas. We're starting to see some things crumble. So. All right. All right, next. Well, so you've heard of the happiest place on earth. And a lot of people in, like going to Disney, Disney World, and the different parks they've got down there. Well, this is, they are quickly becoming the wokest place on earth. They have, uh, at the corporate level, uh, they have, in the past year, Disney executives have elevated the ideology of critical race theory into a new corporate dogma. And okay, bombarded, you, they've bomb you, go ahead. Yeah, you've thrown a whole bunch of terms out there, woke and CRT, yeah. oh, critical oh, race theory. Let me theory. explain what, what woke what is. What is all this? <laughs> okay. So I'm not from here. I'm from Brazil, so I speak Portuguese. Um, so then my husband comes and like, hey, baby, would you like to be a woke woman? And I was like, no, I have been so sleepy lately. <laughs> and then he, and then. Children will do that to you. <laughs> yeah, and then I have two kids, so little ones. So I just didn't really understand what he was asking me. And I was like, why are you, why are you talking about? And then I see this article, and then I said, hey, baby, just explain to me what woke is. Because in my mind, because my mind works like translation, right? Uh, in my mind, woke, it's when you wake, wake up, up, you know? And he was explaining to me the meaning. I was like, I could never get that. So. Well, they get it from awake, and it means that, mm -hmm. it's, especially when white people wake up to how systemically racist they are, to how, mm -hmm. how problematic they are, and that they're the cause of all the problems we see in our society. Once you are uh, aware of those things and you start doing something, then you're woke. So that's really what they're referring to. And so there and that's what critical race theory is. Mm -hmm. It's basically kind of an anti-white type of a viewpoint. Yeah, they 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 categorize everybody as being either oppressors or oppressed. Mm -hmm. And they do it based on what your skin tone or based on your gender or based or your on race, your sexuality like or yeah. yeah, whatever. They they so classified this, it. So that's actually been influenced by Darwin and a lot of Darwin's views, actually. Yeah, and Bodhi and I are the worst. We're white Christian males. And mm -hmm. so we are obviously the oppressors of every single group, no matter what. I mean, we... And I feel so oppressed here. <laughs> <laughs> yep, well, you do it with a smile, though. So <laughs> okay, so different corporations yeah. have been trying to dive into this and start training their employees... Uh, on this critical race yeah, theory. So here's a little bit of it. The core of Disney's racial program is a series of training modules on anti-racism. In one module called Allyship for Race Consciousness, the company tells employees that they must take ownership of educating themselves about structural anti-black racism, but don't rely on your black colleagues to educate you because it's emotionally taxing. And so you're supposed to listen to white people tell you about... That was a great point. ...educate you it's, on that, so odd. the white people that are the bad ones are supposed to be telling you, or you're mm -hmm. supposed to not listen to mm -hmm. black people, but you're supposed to, uh, are they the ones that, yeah. it's very contradictory. When actually, when you read this, they are the racist, oh, because yeah, they're absolutely. the one seeing difference, they're the yeah. one taking apart and, and, and dividing people in groups, because uh, even, male, female, uh, black, white, uh, or, you mm. know, all of those things. And they're even doing that in here. They're establishing right. their, right. these different spaces for the mm -hmm. people of yeah. different quote-unquote yeah. races. The, the article, which, yeah, the article actually says here, in the past year, Disney executives have elevated the ideology of critical race theory into new corporate dogma and bombarded employees with trainings on systemic racism, white privilege, white fragility, white saviors, and launched racially segregated affinity groups at the company's headquarters. And what happened was there was a whistleblower that got a hold of this information and said, whoa, this, there, there's a problem with this. And what happened then is Disney then tried to defend it a little bit. Oh, it's overblown. 
Well, then that same person said, well, here's the documentation I've got, and he basically published it. And so that now, as of May 11th, uh, Disney said, well, we're going to back off of all this. But at the same time, the damage is already done. I mean, it's happened with Coca-Cola and other mm -hmm. companies as well. Yeah. But so. again, as you said, they only, they're only backing up now because they got caught. Because right? they got caught. You said that. Yeah. That's, that's really what it is. Mm -hmm. And, so. and, and it, it's possible in some of these places that the person who gives the okay didn't really mm -hmm. know it was this bad. They've been told, hey, we're going to implement some anti-racism training. And somebody's right. like, oh, that sounds good. But, but you need what to comes in yeah. is this kind of stuff. Yeah. People don't realize when they say anti-racism, they're saying, well, we can be anti-white. Right. right. So they're saying it's okay to attack you know, people who are white, particularly male, particularly Christian. You know, that there, sort of there thing. was a civil rights leader a couple generations ago that he said that he had he had a dream that one day his children would be judged by the content of their character, not by the color of their skin. Mm -hmm. Critical race theory judges you by the color of your skin. Right. Yeah, it really does. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely racist. It's completely contrary to what Martin Luther King Jr. talked mm -hmm. about and what Right. For a long time, people were working towards, and now young people and so many other people are being taught, no, mm -hmm. separate people by the color of their skin. Right. Mm -hmm. Again, going back to what the a scripture separate. teach, we're yeah. all one blood. Okay? There it's is the, no yeah. basis for racism. I got a slide up here because I want to I want to clarify something. Um, you know, we've heard a lot of people say, you know, um, you know, Bodie, you're a white person, or Tim, you're a white person, or you know, whatever. Guys, this <laughs> is what call me or whatever. Let, let, whatever. let me show you. This is why I'm. Tim's closer, <laughs> and neither one of us are white, okay? I mean, if we look like this, call a hearst, just get it over with, ambulance isn't going to help. We're actually kind of brown. In fact, all of us are kind of brown, and there's a, a pigment in our skin called melanin, and your genetics say produce more melanin or less melanin. If you produce more melanin, you're going to be browner. If you're going to produce less melanin, you're going to be a little bit lighter on the skin tone. And so National Geographic actually lined up a bunch of girls. This is all the way back in the year 2002. Uh, these were all girls in a classroom, and they said, look, it's basically one color. It's brown. You can see it. Some, the, the people, when you're looking at the screen on the far right, they've got more melanin in their skin. The people on the left, they have less melanin on their skin. And if you look at me, I'm probably about the fourth one in there. Gabby, you're probably the fifth one in there. Mm -hmm. Tim, you're off the scale. Uh, <laughs> back, back, just, back, back. Just there. wait till a little bit longer in the summertime. <laughs> I know will be more reddish. That's true, yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, the point is, we're one race, we're really one color. It's just what shade are we? Right. You know that famous song, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Mm -hmm. You know, there are kids around the world singing that different now. They're singing shades of brown from dark to light, they are precious in his sight. That's actually more accurate when yeah. you think mm -hmm. about it. Yeah, now, obviously we're not saying that people haven't been mistreated because of the color of their skin or that there aren't any problems in our country. No, we're not saying that. Not but saying the that solution is not to create greater division and mm -hmm. greater strife, mm -hmm. which is what they're doing. And that's right. what the goal of this is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so. teaching people to see, especially little ones, to see people like that, mm -hmm. you know, like, right. oh, black, white, right. or, you know, right. Christian. We have to be conditioned to look at that. Right. Yeah. And then they're going to learn yeah. to see everything like that. You, you put five little kids in a room to go play with each other. It doesn't matter what they look like. They no. go play together. They have a great time. They right. have to be taught. Right. The, the, they the, don't see that difference. Those racial differences They don't see that so difference forth. until they are so, taught to. Yeah. yeah. Except for this article, or this curriculum says that babies show their first signs of racism at three months. That's what they're teaching. Three months, they never had, they never had babies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I know a lot of people have been canceling Disney Plus because, you know, we're starting to see this kind of stuff show up on a lot of programs. And it's going to grow, And people are like, oh, I don't know if I want my kids watching some of this yeah. stuff. Uh, just so you know, we do have Answers TV. Uh, so you can, uh, we got over 3,000 videos on there. It's a subscription, very similar to Netflix or Disney Plus. 
and uh, you can hop on there and binge watch Answers News if you want to. Or yeah, the, right. the programs are not, the programs <laughs> are not very similar to Netflix or, or no. di- the other ones. They're, no, they're no, better. No. You go to Answers TV, you can watch anything, everything. It's gonna yeah. honor and glorify God. So. And uh, also, you know, we've had a lot of people come to the Ark Encounter and the Creation Museum, and they say they love it a lot better than Disney, Mm -hmm. uh, going to Disney World or places like that. So if you want a family-friendly place to go, uh, consider the Ark Encounter, consider the Creation Museum. We've been seeing a a lot of traffic uh, come to these places. All right. Next, scientists claim to spot fungus growing on Mars in NASA rover photos. Talk about mushroom hunting. (laughs) <laughs> but, Does it be valuable? Yeah, okay. So uh, they, they find these pictures of these little, I mean, you can kind of see them up here. Uh, they kind of look round. And in one sense, you might think, yeah, that kind of looks like mushrooms, but yeah, probably not. What's interesting <laughs> is in the article, they have an update. Many, of the sci- many in the scientific community have spoken out to say that they're unimpressed with this paper as we predicted. <laughs> Yes. Yeah, so essentially all they're doing is looking at pictures and saying we right. see little things on there that when we blow it up a little bit, hey, it reminds us of fungus. And so maybe that's what's growing on Mars. Right. And they do have a caveat in here saying that, right. you know, it wouldn't necessarily mean that it started there. It could have been transported there from Earth. And, but, of course, we know so many things have right. transferred between the two is what they're saying. Right. If you think be- of spores and bacteria, things like that, some of that stuff can actually be whisked out of our atmosphere that's floating up in the upper atmosphere mm-hmm. and get whisked to places like the moon or to Mars, you know, so there is that slim possibility. But then even then, let's say it gets there, is it going to grow? <laughs> Those it, yeah. are problems. The other thing is, you know, we've been sending probes all over the place that have bacteria and things on them as well. So, you know, I mean, some of this stuff can get there, but it doesn't mean it originated on Mars or originated Growing on Mars, it's, it's, not, right. it's not the case. Right. right, and of course, the whole idea here is they are desperately looking for life beyond Earth, because they think that will justify an evolutionary belief. If life started here, it obviously could start anywhere else, and there's millions and millions of planets, allegedly, and so there must be a life elsewhere. I mean, it's just foolish to think there wouldn't be life elsewhere, except from a biblical perspective, God mm -hmm. created the Earth first, before he created the sun, before he created the other planets, he created the Earth to be inhabited. That's right, yeah, Isaiah 45, 18 here, uh, the Lord uh, formed it to be inhabited. You know where I'm from, there's a lot of people who love to go mushroom hunting for morel mushrooms. I don't know if you guys have ever done that or eaten morels. And, uh, you know, if we really wanted to get people to Mars, what we need to do is send some morel spores up there. And if they start growing, the people from where I'm from, they will find a way <laughs> to get to, to get Mars. Those. <laughs> I'm telling you. But, uh, but, yep. All right. All right. Next. Tiny, tiny dinosaur that looked like an owl hunted like one, too. So... Uh, we do have a paleontologist on it, you know, our panel right. here today, so I'm going to I'm going to not say much about this, and Bodhi's <laughs> not going to say. Well, I think right. Bodhi's not going to say much about this. We're I'll try not. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it just um, every time that they say something, oh, this dinosaur looked like a bird. Oh, this other dinosaur looked like a bird because they're actually birds. They're not dinosaurs looking like. So you're saying birds. this is a bird. Yes. Yeah, it's a bird. So it's a bird. No wonder and it looked like a bird. When you see, they they have a saying here in the United States. It's like walk like a duck. Duck looks like a duck. Walk or quacks like, like a duck. duck. Yeah. Well, I, duck. I cannot say that. It's too much English for me. Uh, so you know, so this is the thing. Like it looks, it looks like a bird. It it acts like a bird. We we did something here on Answers News. Uh, a dinosaur that was taking care of the eggs. Right. It was fossilized and everything. So. It, lo- it looks like a bird, acts like a bird, it is a bird. So mm-hmm. that's the same thing here. 
And they even like when they put together, they comparing with modern birds. You know, they see that it, they look alike. They mm -hmm. they work like that. So it just got a uh, lot of similarities yeah. to bird the, bird anatomy. Yes. The problem the problem is that now they have changed the definition of bird. Now all birds are dinosaurs. So right. that's why you see on the news and everything, they found a dinosaur with uh, feathers. Oh, that's so cool. It's a bird. Of course it has feathers. Right. There's avian dinosaurs and non-avian dinosaurs. Yes. That's what so, they call them. Right. Yeah. So that's how so they call... So you don't go by bird feed. You go by dinosaur feed. Yeah. So you go you to Chick-fil-A to eat... Yeah. Bird? Dinosaur. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay, I, this well, test is all yeah. messed up. Well, I haven't had lunch, so I'm still hungry. <laughs> I, I could get it. Uh, so that's the whole point. They're changing the definition. So every time that they find something that looks like a bird or have, even have feathers or anything related to birds, they call a dinosaur. Right. You know? Right. We right. used to have quotes that we would use in some of our presentations yeah. where, where people would say, the evolutionists would say, no human has ever seen a living dinosaur. Except for now, you don't have evolutionists saying that. We have a quote up right before the starting point room in that first hallway where, yeah, di uh, the dinosaurs are in your backyard. They're right. birds. Well, well, they're sitting there we, eating a chicken bone. Right, and we have, <laughs> we have mascots for our sports teams that are dinosaurs. They talk about birds. And so they're just saying birds are dinosaurs. So apparently people and dinosaurs lived at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. Another well, th this particular specimen, uh, Shavuya, uh, you know, they, the, the problem, too, is they start building stories around it. Yeah, mm -hmm. they find the fossil, and there's certain things we can learn from the fossil. And we know it was buried there, but all of a sudden they said it, it hunted like an owl. How do they know some of those kinds of things? I mean, mm -hmm. that's just storytelling. It's based, it's based on that. the size of the orbit and everything mm -hmm. for, for the eye and also right. the inner ear yeah. bone. So they, they can make some educated guesses about those things, mm -hmm. but still there's not known with certainty yeah. about it. But see, one of, one of the things we need to be very careful of, when we're looking at animals, you know, sometimes you see animals with big eyes or little eyes, and we make certain assumptions about them. Mm -hmm. What we know about animals that have big eyes is they have big eyes. Animals have little eyes, they have little eyes. You know, there are some animals, you know, think of a raccoon, you know, it, it, it runs around at nighttime, it doesn't have big eyes. You know, so, uh, I mean, yeah, it's possible that because this thing had bigger eyes, it did hunt at nighttime. But at the same time, we have to be very careful about buying into those evolutionary stories. Yeah, because when you have a fossil, so that's what you have. It's a rock mm -hmm. with, with some bones there, and that's what you have. That's you know, you the have. other thing that you're going to do is just like inference and infer uh, from that fossil uh, anything you would like to, and nobody even can say that you're wrong because... <laughs> well, just look at the image. Look at the uh, uh, picture that they got of this yeah. one on this live science website. You know, they, they put the face like an owl. Um, they they got those the <laughs> legs like look that. like big turkey legs. Now, I, 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 I the the tail looks on, like a skunk. I, I have to comment on the artwork there. I, I, I am not an artist in any way, shape, or form. Nobody will ever confuse me. I can't even draw a stick figure, at least not a very good one. But I work with some extremely talented artists. I can't believe they couldn't get something a little better yeah, than what's I don't on there like for owls. this. <laughs> I don't yeah. like owls. Where I'm from, we have some problem with owls. So I just I just when I saw this thing and I was like, the word wook against me and now the owl that's not my day for answers news so but anyway no. it is a bird one thing that i would like to mention here they say um soft tissue is rarely preserved in a fossil record that's not true at all it's not true at all what happened it was a lot of uh, some years ago they didn't believe that it, it would be possible to find Fine. because of a millions of years so now when they're finding they're just like oh it's okay so but back on those uh, years, they were just not looking for. So that's why they couldn't find anything because they're not looking for. So now they just say, well, it's, it's rare to, to find in the fossil record. 
It is not, not at all. Right, it's really yeah. since 2005 with Dr. Schweitzer's discovery right. in the, yeah. the T-Rex femur. Mm -hmm. but You're going right. to find a lot of soft tissue yeah. superstitions. You know, I see all sorts of comments on here, but here's one. I've just got to read this one out. Where did Bodie get his dragon mug from? We actually have these at the Creation Museum. This yeah, is where that's right. Yeah. So, mm -hmm. so instead of going to Disney, go to the Ark <laughs> Encounter in the Creation Museum. See if you can find yourself a dragon mug. These sell out a lot, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, that's really so, cool. But, all right, we're ready for the next at. one? Yeah, let's go ahead. So there's no one else to pray to. Franklin Graham slams Biden after he failed to thank God during his proclamation for the National Day of Prayer. So this article is talking about the recent National Day of Prayer. And during the, during the prayer itself and during any discussion of it, uh, President Biden did not mention God at all. And the article goes on and talks about how uh, you know, President Obama at, at mentioned God at least once every single time or up to three times. Uh, it says um, with President Trump, it was five times, twice, and seven times once, 12 times uh, in 2020. Um, obviously, just saying God doesn't make somebody a believer. Uh, it doesn't mean that you're holier or anything like that. That's not what right. we're saying. Um, and before we get into the, the, this a little bit, I, the headline's misleading. When you read Franklin, Graham, Franklin Graham's quotes, it's very gracious. He's not yeah. slamming him. He's not destroying him. I'm so tired of clickbait. Every article, so-and-so destroys something. You read it, it's just a normal statement. Mm -hmm. But they're trying to get you to click. Um, he just said, this is the National Day of Prayer. Of course, we need uh, to call on God, not just some generic gods or some power in the air, but on God himself, right. the creator. There's no one else to pray to except to God. And yep. he said that he speculated that maybe it was written by a staffer and he didn't think that Joe Biden would approve of that. That doesn't sound like somebody who is slamming somebody mm -hmm. else. He's given the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. Right. And the thing is, when it comes down to it, there's only one true God. Yeah. The God of the Bible. Yeah. Uh, so if anybody is praying to another God or a false God like that, uh, or even to know God, then that's a, that's a false God. Yeah, the Bible you talks know? about how people were worshiping idols or worshiping demons. Mm -hmm. And that's who the false gods right. are. And you know, all throughout the Old Testament, even in the New Testament, people have been worshiping false gods. You know, I think of the gods of the Canaanites or uh, you you know, the gods of the Egyptians Baal, or, or Molech, whoever. Ra, all of those ones, yeah. Well, and, you know, that, that oftentimes even influenced some of God's people. Uh, if we actually look back, this is in the book of Jeremiah. And, you know, if you understand the context of all this, it's the, the Israelites are about to go into captivity. They're about to be kicked out of the land, really, is what's happening. And uh, in this, you know, the Lord told the prophets, go say this. And uh, he, he told the prophets to say, repent now every one of his evil way and his evil doings and dwell in the land that the Lord has given you and your fathers forever and ever. Do not go after other gods to serve them and worship them and do not provoke me to anger with the works of your hands and I will not harm you. And of course... And they just five verses later, God says, you're going to be kicked out for 70 years because yep. you're doing these things and because you're not yeah. obeying what he had commanded them. Right. And you know what? This may have been dealing with a different culture and a different time, but we can understand some principles here. You know what? We need to repent of the evil that's going on in our culture, not just here in the United States, but throughout the West, uh, uh, you know, even uh, North America, South America, you name it. We need to repent. We need to get back to God and his word. And you know what? We need to stop serving after false gods and salt, uh, serving after, uh, you know, the, the no God system. You know, we're, we've got whole groups of people out there saying they're not religious. Guess what? That's no different mm -hmm. than serving a false god because really you're serving yourself uh, because your own thoughts have been elevated to supersede God and his word. So, All right. I think we can get to the next one. Let's go one ahead and do it. Yeah, I think we can get to this one. Yep. All right. Most human origin stories are not compatible with known fossils. Oh, now, big surprise. surprise. <laughs> now, this comes from Science Daily. It's, uh, you know, it, it's a magazine uh, that really pushes 
for the secular worldview. Secular humanism, think atheism, agnosticism, evolutionism, and things like that. And even in their own story here, they're saying, well, they're having problems <laughs> even trying to understand, uh, you know, the fossils and so forth within their own account. Right. And they, they try to chalk it up to saying, well, people do this one of two ways. We either look at modern humans and modern apes and we try to work backwards or we start from the ground up we start from looking at fossils and we try to put the picture and we really need to combine both things like they're not doing that already and right. the problem you know what's also the big problem here too it's when they find something most of the time it's just bones crushed or all together or pieces here pieces there that happens to lucy uh lucy's one ostrolop scenes and um and they found the knee and uh, a year before they found the rest of the fossil. And they put the fossil all together and then they changed the pelvis and all of that. And it wasn't even really close to where the other one was found, right? No, it was around four miles away. Yeah. So uh, in other words, a hyena or something grabbed the knee and took it away. <laughs> 240 feet lower than the rest of the fossil. Yeah. So and they the, put the, everything obviously together. Obviously Lucy's knee, right? right. So it's just like the poor thing, she, she lost her knee before dying. That's kind of, kind of. Yeah. But here's the thing. When we look at fossils, when we look at that entire geological record of all these different bones, do you realize that the Bible actually makes sense of that? Mm -hmm. You know, many of you may have seen something like this, geologic time scale, you know, and they, they take all these different rock layers and they assume that they were laid down over millions and billions of years. But you know what? We look at the same rock layers. We agree it's the same evidence. The difference is the timing. We're thinking in terms of a massive global flood over the course of about a year that laid down the majority of those rocks. Boom, there it is. So when we look at this kind of stuff, we're looking at the same evidence. We're looking at the same fossils, just two different interpretations of it. For example, when a lot of these fossils, like the dinosaur fossils that are in the Cretaceous and Triassic and Jurassic rock sediment, when those were laid down, that was floating above it on the ark. Yeah. So it's the same fossils, just two different interpretations. We do. We have a book called The Flood of Evidence where we deal with the flood. We deal with the ark, a lot of those rock layers. And uh, it really is a powerful book uh, to deal with these things. But I want to leave you with a verse here. 2 Timothy 3, 12 and 13. Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Jesus Christ will suffer persecution. But evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. And you know what? That kind of reminds us of our culture. And a lot of these news items that we look at is just story built upon story, deception built upon deception. What we need to do is get back to God's word and let God be God from the first to the last verse. And we need to be busy sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world that so desperately needs it because that's really the only hope that we have is, is, our, is Jesus Christ. So let's make sure we're doing, speaking the truth in love yeah. to a world that so desperately needs it. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, thank you guys for joining us for Answers News, and uh, God bless you all.